Congratulations, you're listening to Podcast Rebellion. Welcome to Podcast Rebellion. This is Juco All American, joined as always by Whiskey Wednesday. That's the obligatory thing I have to say at the beginning. Uh, we are of the redcuprebellion.com fame <laughs> and uh, co creators, along with other people, of the site. Uh, I realize there are probably some people who listen to the podcast and are like, who are these new guys uh, a year a year ago who sort of like started this thing up uh, and took over for the founders of Red Cup, Zach Berry. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, so um, we, you know, happy National Signing Day, although it's like, you know, no big deal at all anymore. Um, let's talk about what we've been drinking recently. Uh, I had some mulled wine because it is icy and cold here in Austin, Texas. Uh, in fact, it's possible that my power will go out while we're recording this, but I hope not. Yikes. Yeah. Well, best of luck to you and the, the state of Texas's uh, power grid. Um, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I, let's see. So I talk about rum a lot on this pod for for you know being from mississippi and living in north carolina so i'll switch gears and talk about beer um so one of my favorite breweries in the area is full steam and they make a uh, a porter called coffee is for closers uh which is catchy and funny and i like it and the the beer is really good too uh so i've been drinking that lately while i while i go play disc golf in the afternoons uh good when the the air's a little bit brisk out you know yeah um i was actually hoping to get a round of disc golf in today and because it's like a light work day for me but you know then it became impossible to go anywhere so not not as fun also like uh now that everyone can easily work from home it kind of sucks how like ice all over the roads is just like, I guess I'll just work like normal. <laughs> yeah. Um, okay. So let's actually switch gears and talk about signing day. So Ole Miss has announced, uh, I guess two signings actually today. That's defensive end slash edge Chamberlain Campbell. And then uh, Mana Taimane, who is an offensive lineman. We talked about, very briefly last podcast because uh, he had committed already. Chamberlain Campbell had not committed as of last podcast. Uh, I think he committed a few days ago, but they just sort of waited to release that until yesterday. Uh, and yeah, uh, give me your thoughts on Chamberlain Campbell. Um, seems like a good kid, and I'm really glad we signed him. Um, he's listed at, I think, six foot seven, 215 pounds. Um, looking at his highlights on huddle, he is a total string bean, um, but looks like a good football player. Uh, I mean, and this is also his first year playing football first year. Um, so you gotta think there's a lot of ceiling there, both in terms of his crazy frame and in terms of his, you know, lack of experience. Um, Always interesting to see how guys like that turn out. You got to think it's not the best bet that he turns into like an all SEC player, but uh, 
Ole Miss needs some bodies at the position. They need to gamble, uh, as they often do on, you know, some projects and long shots here and there. Um, but, you know, I read his interview. He seems like a really, you know, nice, thoughtful, in, insightful guy, which is is cool. He talked about how he valued, like, going ahead and announcing his commitment instead of doing, like, a hat ceremony kind of thing. Uh, you know, he talked about how he appreciated, you know, coaches laying out a plan for him and, and stuff like that. It just seemed like, you know, a, a good, like, level-headed kid. So I'm, I'm really glad we signed him. Uh, and, and yeah, I hope he, he grows into that frame and becomes a monster. Yeah. So <clears throat> he's a three-star. Uh, he is from St. Petersburg, Florida. He was the number 612 player in the country, according to the on three consensus. Um, but is an example of one of the more interesting byproducts of early signing day, which is that, um, you know, he, he did not sign in early signing day, of course. Uh, and he became, he got a bunch of offers from schools that were not satisfied with what they had done in early signing day. Like, uh, so his other offers were from Miami, South Florida, Auburn, Florida state, Michigan state, uh, and then several others, uh, Missouri, Louisville, and then a few others that are not sort of of that same level. Um, yeah, maybe, you know, in the past, if everyone waits until National Signing Day in February, maybe he, you know, doesn't get as much attention. And, um, you know, kudos to the guy. I think, to me, it's interesting that Ole Miss uh, signed him because I think that his, the type of player he has, excuse me, the type of player he is, is not one that previous Lane Kiffin regimes signed. And what I mean by that is, is twofold. One, uh, he's an, he's a, a sort of lanky edge player. Um, and, but doesn't really profile as like a typical linebacker in a four, three or something like that. He's also listed at six, seven, who knows how tall he actually is. We'll, we'll find out later. Um, but you know, seems to profile more as like a four down lineman defensive end. Um, and so, you know, that, or I guess a three, four outside linebacker type of, of player who is, you know, in many ways, a defensive end. Um, and so, you know, that, that profile is interesting. It kind of tells us a bit about what Pete Golding might be interested in doing. Uh, but then second, I think that, he's a little bit different than what most Lane Kiffin signees are in that he has uh, a lot of potential, but doesn't project to impact the team in his first year. Uh, and, you know, typically Lane Kiffin's high school signees, while many of them haven't worked out, uh, and we can talk about that a little bit um, in his first few classes, most of them, most of his signees are not like, well, when we can add 40 pounds to him, then maybe we'll be able to get something out of him. Like usually he wants people who are sort of ready-made whether or not those people live up to their potential or not. Yeah. Yeah. I agree. I think it's kind of an interesting change in philosophy to, to take Campbell. Um, And I think a good one, I think you got to have a mix of both. Oh yeah. No, I I think it's a good signee. Um, You know, I, 
Ole Miss ha- does not have many edge rushers on campus who have potential, uh, significant potential. Uh, and he does. He has significant potential. Now, he has a low floor, too. It, you know, he could just never develop his body to the level he needs to or just not be good. <laughs> uh, but he has the frame and some experience that, you know, you you get excited about. Yeah, for sure. Um, okay, then there is one player that Ole Miss is expected to sign uh, who is very similar uh, to Chamberlain Campbell. He is another edge player named DJ Holmes. Why don't you tell us a little bit about DJ Holmes? So I were you were you kidding when you said he was very similar? <laughs> Uh, no, I mean, I, I was not kidding in that, like, they're both edge players and, uh, you know, Florida. yeah, both from Florida, both have similar, like, offers and that sort of stuff. I mean, they don't have the same body types, but yeah, they're, they're similar in many ways. Okay. Yeah. So, so let's talk about Holmes a little bit. So I think that he's, he's pretty opposite from from Campbell in some important ways. Uh, he's listed at about 6'2", 6'3", 230-ish pounds. Uh, so he's built more like, you know, kind of a, a Mike linebacker um, instead of a defensive end. Um, but he also led the entire country in sacks. He had 32.5 sacks in one season of high school football um, playing at not a bad level of Florida high school ball. Um, 32 and a half seems like a lot. 32 and a half. Like how man, how, uh, <laughs> and yeah, you, you watch his highlights and he doesn't look like, you know, a five-star player. He's not just, shot out of a cannon blowing up the block on every mm. play immediately. Like, he's solid, but he just gets to the quarterback over and over and over again. And, you know, at some point the opposing offense has got to know like, well, this is the guy who's going to sack the quarterback. Let's maybe <laughs> nope, just sacks him anyway, I guess. Uh, <laughs> yeah. He has one of those, those highlight films where like, uh, and, uh, you know, a lot of really great defensive ends are this way, where it's like, why didn't they block him? You know, like, <laughs> he'll just, like, run past unblocked and, and sack the quarterback. Um, I remember, like, I mean, when Greg Hardy was in college, there were plenty of times like that. That was like, wait, no one was supposed to block Greg Hardy on this play, you know? And, uh, yeah. yeah. Uh, I, I, one thing that stuck out to me, so, like you, I mean, he doesn't have, like, insane burst off the line or anything like that um he's not you know able to bull rush he has seemingly really good technique and he also doesn't over pursue yeah absolutely he he doesn't really try to get around the edge uh of the of the tackle he seems to use kind of a spin move kind of swim moves a lot um and, and yeah, beats guys without getting way out of position, which is, it, it's a good skill. And I think, you know, maybe his ceiling is relatively low, but his floor is relatively high. Um, and again, he, he gives 
Ole Miss a body type that they don't have a ton of right now. Um, I could see him, you know, so we don't even know what defense Pete Golding is going to run yet. I think maybe the thing that makes the most sense for him is like an outside linebacker and a three, four. Um, he seems to, to, I don't know, kind of, he's not a stand up defensive end, but I don't think you want him being one of your standard defensive ends in a four down set either. Um, so we'll see what he ends up doing. Um, but another, another guy that I'm really glad that they are in on and hopefully we'll, we'll close out on. We haven't heard anything suggesting that he won't sign with Ole Miss, but he hasn't actually done it either or committed. Right. Right. Yeah. Um, you know, he's another one of those, like didn't sign in the early signing period and got a bunch of offers after the early signing, early signing day. Um, okay. So there's one player that Ole Miss missed on. Uh, I did just get some confirmation. Uh, so Jonathan Davis committed to Mississippi state. Um, he was a very late riser. Um, defensive tackle from Lawrence County, Mississippi. Um, and he was a three star, uh, had really awesome highlight film, uh, from this past season. Apparently, you know, he's a player, we talked about him on the last podcast, but he's a player who, uh, gained a bunch of weight and height in the last off season and sort of went unnoticed until very recently. Uh, Ole Miss, tried to get him and didn't and Mississippi state actually. Yeah. Uh, now on three shows him as having signed with Mississippi state. So that is, that is official. Um, yeah, you and I texted back and forth about a, a bit about this guy. Like, uh, I definitely wanted to sign him. Uh, he, he looks like an interesting prospect and all that sort of stuff. But, um, it is interesting that Mississippi state's late signing day drama steal from Ole Miss guy in state, is like a three-star relatively unheralded, you know? Yeah, yeah. Um, that, you know, partially due to just the talent that was available in state this year and partially due to, I don't know, I think they're, I think Davis's film didn't get around quite enough for him to really shoot up the board, but he, he did get ranked as high as like number six in the state, depending on what site you look at, I think, mm -hmm. uh, which is pretty good considering he, you know, was not on the databases really um, until I'm not sure exactly when, but I don't even think at the start of the season, he was on anybody's radar. Right. Um, so, yeah, I mean, certainly a lot of potential and, you know, another, another body type that they need more of probably, but, yeah, we'll see. Watching his his huddle highlight, he's certainly like physically dominant, but he doesn't look like very refined. I don't know. He mm -hmm. seems like a, a mm -hmm. big guy rumbling around out there. Um, would have would have loved to get him, and and that's the kind of guy that you really hope Pete Golding starts closing on, right? Um, but yeah, and you know the type of guy who often goes to state and then is a really productive like redshirt sophomore. You know? Oh yeah, wouldn't would not doubt it a bit if he ended up being really really good for them. So yeah, yeah. Um, okay, so I guess in general, you, you sort of touched on it a little bit, but this class in Mississippi, 
was, you know, not especially strong. It was fine, but not especially strong. Um, let's see. We had one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, seven four stars. Uh, the last of whom was Kelly Jones, who's a corner who was ranked as the number 360th ranked player, which, you know, four star is sort of like uh, extended extended a good bit these days. Um, but then you also had like Bray Hubbard, who was a quarterback from Ocean Springs, who signed with Alabama, uh, likely projects as a safety. Um, Ole Miss got three of the top five, but that's really it in state. Uh, Mississippi State got tons of players, uh, but only one of the top five, uh, or one of the top six. Uh, yeah, so it's definitely an interesting year. Next year, I'm going to transition to to the next talking point. Next year fi- figures to be like a a banner year for in-state recruiting in the state of Mississippi. Um, Ole Miss hosted a junior day this past weekend and it was attended by like a ton of great players. Um, very much, you know, in the past, like I remember Matt Luke tried to organize a a big get together by a lot of the state's top players, um, in his first season, like snow messed up or something like that. And then they were never able to really get back on track and get those guys in on into campus. Um, in the past, junior days have, you know, not been as heavy on Mississippi prospects and also not as heavy on, like, a ton of desired prospects. But this group seems to have lots of players that lots of great programs are interested in, not just Ole Miss versus Mississippi State battles. Um, obviously led by Cam Franklin, who is a I, I, seemingly profiles as a defensive end, but could also grow to be a defensive tackle. Uh, he's a five-star player. Well, I'm sorry. He's the number 25 player, according to the on three consensus, which makes him a four-star as of now. But uh, he was not on campus this past weekend, but uh, most of the other top 10 prospects were. Uh, And I've been talking for a long time. What are your broad thoughts on next year's class before we talk about some specifics? I mean, it's still very early in like the evaluation phase, but it certainly seems like there are a lot of guys that, that Ole Miss really wants. So, I mean, I've got the list pulled up right now. So Cam Franklin is the number one player in the state by quite a margin. Like you said, he's the 25 overall player and Daniel Hill, who's the second listed player is 159. So mm-hmm. that's still ranked very high, but, but quite uh, a jump down. Um, Looking at positions of need, I think you kind of mentioned it. It seems like a very Mississippi class. A lot of D-line, a lot of wide receiver, um, <laughs> a couple of like linebackers and uh, offensive linemen kind of sprinkled in the top. Um, you know, uh, really remains to be seen who the, the top guys are going to end up being, but Obviously, there's Cam Franklin. Um, let's see. There's there's a batch of wide receivers, but it's kind of unclear how they're actually going to end up being ranked. Right now, the number three player in the state is listed as Braylon Burnside, uh, a receiver from Starkville. I don't hear as much about him as I hear about Nareel White, who's from Ocean Springs, a wide receiver, and J.J. Harrell, who's from North Panola. 
mm-hmm. um, they both seem to have a lot more interest from other P5 programs. Um, I think JJ Harrell just picked up Alabama and Georgia offers. Uh, Nareel White, I think, is being pursued by LSU pretty heavily. Um, so I don't know. I mean, I think this next period, this kind of like spring evaluation period for high school players, we'll, we'll see a lot of shakeup in the rankings and we'll also get an idea um, on Ole Miss's interest level. Um, there are also a couple of offensive linemen, like I mentioned. Uh, one is Jimothy Lewis, who goes to Madison Ridgeland Academy. Um, right now he's ranked as the number five player in the state. Um, number five in the state with a Georgia offer. Yeah. Right. Um, <laughs> he's been probably an Ole Miss lean for quite a long time. And then there's also Isaiah Autry. Uh, who, he goes to Itawamba and he's number eight in the state also has quite a lot of P five offers. He's listed at six foot seven, big, like lanky offensive lineman. Um, and I think that is he the one who had a really close relationship with Jake Thornton, um, and that kind of put Auburn in the picture. I can't remember if that's him or I, I think I think that's him. Um, but anyway, so you definitely want to wrap up those two linemen. Uh, you know, you want to pick your favorite couple of receivers and then hope that you grab those big defensive guys. Uh, Cam Franklin, Daniel Hill. I don't think. Ole Miss was on his radar very much. So Daniel Hill is a Meridian linebacker, probably um, listed as an athlete because I think he plays running back pretty well too, but uh, I think he's going to be a linebacker. And it seemed like he was Alabama's to lose, but then Ole Miss hired Pete Golding, which you know definitely shakes things up a little bit. So Yeah, I mean, he's probably still Alabama's to lose, but probably. yeah, it, it, it definitely you know gives another possible out sort of thing. Um, yeah, no, I, I think that, so, you know, w- when we look at the current rankings of the class, uh, the 2024 class relative to 2023, barely different, uh, in terms of like Mississippi, I mean, you, you have seven, four stars, just like the, the class before it. Uh, but I think that where the difference comes is when you look at some of these guys who are like three stars or maybe even not yet ranked um they have like alabama offers and things so like uh terrence hibbler okay terrence hibbler is not currently in the on three top mississippi uh rankings he goes to holmes county central he's not ranked is you know has not gotten a star ranking or anything like that his offers at the moment he's a he's a defensive um Defensive lineman, 6'3", 285. His offers at the moment, listed offers. Now, you know, obviously, who knows what's committable, etc. But his listed offers are from Ole Miss, Alabama, Mississippi State, LSU, Oregon, Arkansas, Texas, Texas A&M, Auburn, Colorado. Uh, then you have, like, Cameron Beavers, who, let's see, is he? Yeah, he's also not uh, listed in the on three state rankings and he is from Bay Springs, Mississippi. He's 6'4", 323 defensive lineman. His current listed offers are from Ole Miss, Alabama, LSU, South Carolina, Texas, Texas A&M, Texas Tech, and Colorado. Uh, you got Fred Clark, who is in the top 
Mississippi rankings, but is listed at, let's see, what's his ranking? 10th. Uh, uh, oh, no, sorry. He's not He's not an example I was looking for. I just, I had said that uh, Ole Miss might be going after him. Um, but I think that even just those two, and, and there are a few more whose names are escaping me at the moment, um, who have like very legit P5 offers that are sort of so far under the radar among the recruiting services. And, you know, those players just didn't end up being, I guess Jonathan Davis could be that, uh, but those players didn't end up being the case in this most recent class. Um, And so, you know, if those guys end up with even, you know, low four-star status, then we're talking about a, a Mississippi high school class that is shockingly good um, relative to the past. Yeah, for sure. Uh, yeah, so I think there are... One other trend that we saw that was interesting uh, in the 2024 targets is that we are going after a lot of junior college players, uh, which both of us are against. <laughs> yeah, it doesn't make a ton of sense. We were We were kind of talking about why that might be a theory I have. I mean, obviously Pete Golding coming in probably has something to do with it because all of them seem to be on defense. Um, but part of it may be, I don't know. Do you think they just got burned too many times trying to recruit the portal? Like too many guys committed, agreed in principle to NIL deals and then the moment they're out of your sight, they're committed to Notre Dame or Mississippi State or whatever, you know? Mm-hmm. Uh, that's one of the things I can think of. But yeah, I mean, it's just, it's harder and harder to find good players in, in junior college. It's just, I don't know, maybe, I, I can't really put my finger on why, but it seems like just the, the art of getting guys from Mississippi and, and other, you know, Southern schools qualified uh seems to have progressed quite a bit it's it's rare for guys not to qualify out of high school like like it used to be you know very common yeah i mean also you one thing the junior college ranks now miss out on is the guy who decides to transfer after his freshman year and so he goes to junior college to play as a sophomore and up his up his stock whereas now with the transfer portal he just goes to another program you know yeah um but yeah, I think that signing junior college players, it has always been super risky. And now, with the alternative of being really confident that you're getting someone who can at least be okay uh, in like rating a group of five program for a linebacker or something like that, instead, you're just running a huge risk on a JUCO who has not done anything at the D1 level and, uh, you know, hoping that they're the competition level you're seeing them play against is, you know, legitimate. Obviously, there are going to continue to be good junior college players. You know, Sam Williams uh, was was wonderful. Uh, and you'll, you'll continue to see players like that sometimes. Um, but it does run a lot of risk. And, like, Ole Miss offered something like four junior college players last week uh, on, on defense. That seems like a lot. Yeah, yeah, I agree. So I want to see if those offers turn into, you know, guys that they recruit really hard or not, because right. you know, 
a lot of offers go out during this period and not all of those are guys that end up being, you know, hotly pursued. Yeah. Yeah. Um, okay, we'll, we'll wrap up a little bit with some portal news. So Ashanti Sistrunk, uh, the linebacker from Ole Miss who had entered the portal, has decided to return, or at least you know through the spring he will be on the team, um, which is huge. That's that's huge news. Ole Miss was not looking great at the linebacker position, and he is more than just a body. Um, I think that he is you know a pretty good player. He's not incredible. But I think that he's 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 pretty good uh, and you know useful to Ole Miss, especially if it is looking to move towards a three-four or something like that. Yeah, and he had more tackles than did Austin Keys, who uh, went and signed with Auburn. Mm-hmm. Um, and you know, Ole Miss was kind of bummed to lose, but you know, right. Strong had more tackles, and I think you know played played more snaps than, than keys did. And I think, you know, keys is younger, but I think right now says drunk is the, the better player. So, you know, we, we really need guys to get us through the 23, 2023 season. And I think Sistrunk is a better, a better fit for that. So good to seemingly get him back for sure. Yeah. And then the, the bummer is, uh, Davis and Igbenosin, committed yesterday to Ohio state um, would have loved to keep him, but I think that it was obvious when Chris Partridge left that he was not staying around. I know there was like, there were reports very contrary to that, but I don't know. It never seemed like he was going to stay at Ole Miss to, to me. No, no. I mean, yeah, all, all the reports circling around while he's taking visits. I was like, okay, well, <laughs> right. And right. while, while he's not in Oxford, while school is underway. So yeah, that, that was never going to turn out well. And then I, I can't even remember if we talked about this on the previous pod or not, but Tysheem Johnson uh, went to Oregon. So yeah. Yeah. So yeah. You hate to lose those two guys. They went, they both went to, you know, big time programs, you know, with, with big NIL war chests and, you know, it's very possible that neither of them will start next year and it's, possible that they won't play much you know which is just kind of a weird situation that you put yourself in if you if you pull that move at a at a as a starter at a school like Ole Miss you know like oh yeah, I, Ohio State with you know 12 other five-star cornerbacks yeah I, I do think transferring into Ohio State is a weird look if you're not like awesome you know, and Davis Iguanosin was a really good recruit. He obviously started a bunch of games as a freshman at Ole Miss. That's that's cool and everything, but it's not like he was like, you know, a can't miss first round pick type of guy or something like that. And so, like, you're leaving a room where you're almost certainly starting to go compete where you may not start and can't transfer again. Yeah, yeah, he lost his starting job to Miles Battle. Um, the last quarter of the season, you know? So like, right. what do you, you think there's not a, a miles battle uh, at Ohio state, you know, come on, man. Yeah. So, I mean, we'll see. I mean, you know, I think that obviously he has a lot of talent and if he wins the starting job, then he is more prominent there uh, than, than he would be at Ole Miss probably. Um, 
so yeah, interesting to see what he does, but uh, a bummer in general. I think overall, you know, if we're if we're looking at this off season, uh, there is there are a number of roster spots left for after the spring that Ole Miss can use on probably some defensive talent that comes available in, in uh, the transfer portal. Um, but I'd say that they've done an, a decent job in the offseason of roster building. Uh, uh, definitely on the offensive side, they accomplished a lot and addressed a lot of needs. Uh, on the defensive side, they better find some people. Yeah, I was about to say, it's it's really one-sided. Uh, I'm sky high on the offense and their potential for next year. Um, there's three guys who, who could conceivably start at quarterback. I, I hope it's Jackson Dart, but you know, there's three talented options, really deep wide receiver core. Um, you know, maybe the best running back in Ole Miss history, um, signed a, a great tight end would have another year to work with Michael Trigg and, and hope that he can become a, a great compliment, um, signs, two portal guys who should help a lot on the offensive line and, and also return, you know, plenty of viable guys on the offensive line. I, I think it could be an incredible unit, but the defensive situation was just so frustrating. They missed on so many guys that, you know, presumably Ole Miss led for, or were supposed to get, you know, air quotes. Um, and so we just have to see how they respond. You know, they, they, they got probably, one or two impact players in the secondary in the, in the portal and, and probably one impact guy in Monty Montgomery and then two kind of role players uh, up front in, in Josh Harris and Jeremiah Jean Baptiste. Um, so, you know, that's, that's not the home run hits you, you want to try to remake the defense. Yeah. Yeah. But plenty of opportunity. Um, I, I think that everyone downplaying the post spring portal is wrong. <laughs> uh, I mean, I, I don't think that it's likely to be quite as stacked as this portal period was, but I think you'll see a whole crop of a bunch of guys who uh, exit the spring at Ohio state or Alabama or something like that. Not where they want to be on the depth chart, but brimming with talent. And uh, those are the types of guys that we're likely to be grabbing in the post spring period. Yeah. Yeah. And, you know, we got guys like chance Campbell, uh, from the spring period, um, or, or he was like a summer transfer or something. So yeah, I don't know, they're, they're out there. They're just, yeah. you know, got to close on them this time. That's right. All right. Well, that's going to do it for us. Thanks for joining everyone. And we will be back next week. Uh, at some point we're going to talk about baseball, which will be interesting. Uh, you know, the national champs. I don't know if you heard about that last year, but oh, yeah, almost won the national championship. All right. Peace out, everybody.